I went to go work for famous celebrities, you know, in the entertainment industry. We would party, 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 Grammys, parties, party in Florida, party in different islands. All we did is party our life away. I started to look old and worn out. It feels good for the moment, but we always have to pay the price. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about if there's any hope for people who grow up as Christians, but then later on, they forsake the faith of their youth and they live a wild, reckless life. Well, today you will hear from Esther Jones, who lived in the fast lane as a woman and stepped away from her faith values as a child and got into partying, drugs, and wild living with famous people. Esther, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. Esther, so glad you're joining us. Now, I understand that at a very young age, you fell in love with Jesus. Tell us how that felt, being a Christian as a young child. Oh my God, it was like somebody could open up your chest and pour in a liquid love that you've always been longing for of somebody to love you unconditionally. Better, deeper than your mom, deeper than your dad, deeper than anybody, your dogs. It's a deep, deep love. That's how I fell in love with Jesus. Awesome. But I understand that as you went to public school, you had like a culture shock and that things existed that you didn't know that you didn't know. Tell us about that. Yes, I didn't know. I mean, they were cussing. I didn't know that people spit in other people's face, always wanting to fight. I didn't know that the women dressed like everything showing in tightness. I had no clue. I was like a nun coming into that world. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I understand since you were coming from a Christian home, a Christian school, now suddenly thrown into public school, I understand it did something to you on the inside. Tell us about that. I would say it, and this is sad, but it tainted me. <laughs> It gave me a taste for things that were not what I was accustomed to. And it honestly gave me a desire like, wow, this is kind of crazy, evil, but it's also got a twist of fun to it, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm, Right. I totally understand. I mean, I understand you were made fun of for being naive or sheltered, and that helped to justify some reasons of why you should try out what everyone else was doing. Is that right? Yeah, I've always had a huge, beautiful personality. I love people. I love to have fun. So the debate that got me in is like, oh my gosh, I can have fun with no restrictions. I can, you know, sleep with whoever I want. If it was a woman, if it was a man, I could do drugs until I passed out. It was like a life with no self-control. And I indulged in it fully. Anybody could indulge with cocaine, with women, with prostitution. I mean, pimping women, indulged it fully, fully. Yes. Wow. That is a pretty drastic change. I mean, I understand at first you try to live a Christian life amongst those who are not, but that became much more difficult when people really mistreated you for being a Christian at your public school. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of teasing. It was a lot of bullying. I mean, you see it today, you know, it's like you're in an ocean with all sharks, okay? And you're trying to be this nice little Nemo, you know, you don't know nothing that, you don't know that they're meat eaters. And so Mm. when you get into that environment, it's like, y'all hate me. It's not really me, but it's what's inside of me. People don't like Jesus because it tells them it's a lie. They hate for you to tell, it's wrong to sleep with men, with men. It's wrong to steal. Stop lying, you know? It's wrong to gossip. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I didn't know that I, just me loving Jesus, offended them. Right. And that just started leading you downhill. Yes. And I understand you found that following Jesus was just too hard, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what I said. I said, it's too hard. I'm not popular. You know, and I wanted to fit in. You know, as a young kid, I was the youngest at 15. I always dealt with a deep need to belong. And my sisters and brothers bullied me. So I didn't feel I belonged at home. So when I got born again at four years old, I was like, I belong. But then when I got in the world, it's like, because of Jesus, I don't belong. Well, I don't want Jesus. Mm. You know, I want to belong more than I want to be loved and to love him and follow him. And so that's what I did. I went to go work for famous celebrities, you know, in the entertainment industry. Yeah. So you started out as an intern at Nelly Incorporated, who was very famous at the time. And you started doing promotions for them. And you partied with some pretty famous people. Tell us about that. Yeah, I started off as an intern, and I always say capital naive. (laughs) I was so naive to how the girls were treated. I mean, women are seen as cattle, you know? Mm. They're seen as like the little things that you go down for the slaughter, you put a little thing on their ears. You ever see those trucks? (laughs) They're seen as pieces of meat. And for the highest bidder at the strip clubs, the men are seen as cattle too. They're seen as whoever can sing the best, whoever can look the best, whoever had the biggest mansion or Lamborghini. It all was a gang of rejection and prostitution. So I came out of rejection and I'm thrown into a bigger pool of rejection, you know? So instead of me being accepted, the rejection went even deeper because the first time I met a celebrity was Snoop Dogg and I'm in the back and I didn't smoke weed at the time. So they're all laughing at me and calling me ugly, you know? Mm. And so it pierced my heart even deeper. You know, it hit me even deeper because I wanted to fit in so badly to be accepted, you know? Yeah, I understand. I understand that you're trying to resist but you felt defeated and you were like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Yep. So you did to fit in. Yep. So I understand you started off with marijuana. What happened from there? I mean, you know, that's a gateway drug. You start smoking marijuana. A lot of places it's legal, but I started that. It just made me forget all my troubles for temporarily, <laughs> you know, for that moment I was high. But then when I got sober, it was back stressed out, back, you know, depressed and paranoid, feeling lonely. But then I got to drinking every day. Mm-hmm. And after drinking, it goes from one thing to another. I was high and drunk. I mean, literally I woke up and smoked. Every time I went to bed, before I went to bed, I couldn't go to sleep without smoking. Or being drunk. As when we were party, 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 Grammys, parties, party in Florida, party in different islands. All we did is party our life away. I started to look old and worn out. It feels good for the moment, but we always have to pay the price. Always. Oh, man. Sounds like what you thought was so good was kind of getting bad. Yeah. I understand that you got to a point of promoting strippers and pumping out women as porn stars for them. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was all to be accepted. So remember the rejection from Snoop Dogg? I didn't smoke weed that then. I didn't have the right clothes. I wore mud jeans. You know, they had on Louis Vuitton. So I didn't have a Lamborghini. I had a Honda. <laughs> and I got rejected for that. So I made up in my mind. I made a judgment in our heart. I said, whatever I have to do, so these guys will accept me. Mm. So if they wanted women, I got them women. If they wanted water, I got them water. A towel? What do you need me to do? Promote your music? Tell the DJs? You know, I was a promoter. Tell everybody about the party. I became a slave to whatever they wanted. 
their opinion, their approval. A slave to man's approval is what I call it. That is truly horrible. Let's stop there. As I want to have you on our next show to talk about how you started becoming a hateful person mm. and at the same time becoming bisexual. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to talking to you more about this. And thank you again so much for being with us, Esther. You're welcome. It's an honor. Hold on. The show isn't over yet. I have some things to share with you right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com, and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it's sad how Esther was so mistreated for her faith when she was younger. And you know, this is a common thing because faith in Christ is often persecuted. This world does not like faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Well, because the devil who's here on this earth constantly wants people to hate the very thing that will deliver them and bring them fulfillment in their lives. So it's sad to hear how she had to suppress that and then give into something stronger in a sense, which are the temptations of this world. And I mean, stronger than her. So then she becomes, you know, ultra cool and then gets into, you know, all these things like she works for Nelly, a rap organization. That's like, you know, pretty high organization there as far as what people would say in the world. Now, it seems like she had it all, but did she? According to ancient writings, she was going through a transition of freedom to bondage. She thought she was going up. But literally, she was going down. It is written in John 8, 34. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. You see, people don't become slaves to something because they want to. It's because they're deceived into it. And then suddenly, boom, there's a trap door. Jesus said that sin works like this. Once people sin, even just a little bit, there is a spiritual effect where one becomes a slave to it. Have you ever experienced this? I have. According to the Bible, we have all sinned, so I think we can all identify with this. You see, sin always takes you and leads you on, then traps you into constantly doing that very sin. And for Esther, one door led to another, and another, and next thing you know, she's doing things that she would have never normally done. But it was one decision at a time. A carefully laid out plan from what the Bible calls the evil one, which is the devil. He's doing that to everybody, guys. I'm sure right now there's someone who's listening and maybe you can relate to Esther's story. Maybe you're in the beginning part where you have faith in Christ, but the world is persecuting you, telling you that the things you're learning are wrong and that you need to just, come on, man, loosen up a little bit, have a little fun because it takes just a little bit of sin 
and it will enslave you to do the things you never thought you would ever do. And the devil knows that. Now, if that's you, I want to pray that the Lord strengthens your faith. I'm going to walk you through the path of repentance, which is the one thing that God can use to set you free from the powerful hold of sin. And maybe for another person, I want to talk to you as well. Maybe you're the person who's saying, gosh, I'm there. I'm at the bottom of the barrel. I'm at the end of my rope. I have problems in my mind and my body, and my sin has caught up with me. I'm now paying that penalty, and I don't know what to do. I feel so trapped. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you as well. And we're going to walk through that same repentance. And I tell you what, Jesus is going to set you free. He's going to set you free from that sin in your life. Father God, I pray right now for those who are listening. And if anyone right now, if you can identify with this, pray with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life and I repent of my sins. I repent of thinking that these things are okay or that I'm fine doing these things. I repent from thinking, oh gosh, you know, this is not even going to hurt me. Lord God, I don't want to serve sin anymore. I don't want that to be my master. Jesus, we want you to be our master to set us free because you are the one who brings life according to Holy Scriptures. We need life. We need what we're really looking for. So Jesus, bring that life into our life right now. Bring that hope in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.